Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Healthcare's Missing Link, a podcast where we help you uncover those things that are missing from your health. We want to give you best health, of course. I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood, your host, as always, and it's my pleasure to welcome a brand new friend. I got to meet him a little bit ago, a few months back, and uh, was just extremely impressed with his heart, his mission, his passion. And I can tell you, you're going for a treat today. So, Pastor Brian Gibson, welcome, man. Thanks for joining us here. Well, hey, Doc, it's an honor to be with you and uh, an honor to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And it was so cool to get to meet you and get to hang out a little bit in Tulsa. Uh, I appreciate what you do for what what I grew up calling the whole man, right? <laughs> right. That's right. Spirit, soul, and body. So uh, thank you for your contribution to the world and the body of Christ. And thank yeah. you for having me on. Man, it's an honor. And uh, let's get into this. I mean, you are the guy. I met you as the guy, the pastor that's going around the country and saying churches need to open. And you're actually going into these places and giving them confidence, equipping them and encouragement to open up. Um, pastor Brian, tell me about that. I mean, that's got to be a little bit of a, of a stretch, you know, a little bit of an adventure for you. Talk about that. Well, hey, I appreciate it. It, it was fun. I, I'm I'm one of the guys. I won't say I'm the guy, but I'm one of the guys, and uh, I'm thankful that that there's there's a lot of a lot more more voices, right, yep. like mine that have been speaking up in America. Uh, we started early on, and, and and kind of here's how we got in this situation. Uh, I'm a church guy. I'm a pastor. I mean, I love I love the local church. Uh, it's been my life since I was a kid. Even what God's assignment on my life was. He spoke to me, said, build me a church, build me a church, build me a church. I said, Lord, I don't want to be a pastor. People are crazy. You know, I want to travel. I loved preaching. I didn't like dealing with people, right? Because yeah. the people are the problem and the blessing. And uh, But I settled in and I planted churches in Kentucky. And then I have churches in Texas. So when COVID hit, we felt what it was like to be under two totally different administrations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because these governors are ruling not by constitutional uh, boundaries. They're ruling by decree right now, right? Just yep. whatever feel, you know, it's a governor mandate, and we're all supposed to line up and be good little boys and girls and uh, forget the U.S. Constitution, forget the state constitution. So these guys uh, just have been doing what they want. And so – the state of Texas early on, and I'm thankful for this, called church essential, right? So I tip my hat to Governor Abbott for that. The, he made that move. Uh, we have campuses in Kentucky under Governor Bashir, And Governor Bashir every night would do like a fireside chat kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like every night he just targeted, he went after the church. Every night, it was how many cases came out of this little choir and this little community, how many people got into this church, how many people got into this synagogue. It was all religiously targeted. Mm -hmm. And I noticed very quickly that he wasn't talking about how many people got it in the line at the Walmart, right? He wasn't talking about how many people were getting it at, at, at Home Depot or lows or whatever. And I know the numbers are way lower than they, they made them sound. I mean, I'm aware of that. I don't think we'll ever know the real numbers, to be honest, doctor. Uh, but I noticed I could feel the religious targeting. And, and if there's anything that's enshrined in American culture, a God-given right, right, it's, and our Constitution, which flows from our God-given rights, that is the freedom of religion. Man, government shall not establish any state religion nor hinder the free exercise thereof. 
And we understood in the state of Kentucky very quickly we were being targeted. Mm-hmm. But the culmination was this. It's funny. The, this fight for me started with an Easter egg, right? An Easter egg. So uh, Easter egg is a powerful thing. We were doing an Easter egg handout for drive through for kids. Uh, this is the weekend before Easter. And uh, the health department in the state of Kentucky showed up, said, if you do that, we'll shut you down. And so our people are looking at the McDonald's, give out French fries. They're looking at the liquor stores, serve their six packs. They're looking at the, at the, you know, the coffee shops do their frappes and whatever else they have over there. But we're not smart enough to give an egg to a kid in the name of Jesus. We asked ourselves, is that religious targeting? And we said, yeah. yeah. And so we said, we're opening up. And we opened up before the governor said we could, started calling churches across America uh, we were one of the first voices doing that. First two guys I knew doing that in America, we, we started kicking that ball. There was a brother from Chino Hills, California, Jack Hibbs, with the Calvary Church movement. He got vocal about that time. And um, over the next three weeks, churches started opening up. They responded because mm-hmm. pastors were wanting to open. I think no one get, they were just looking for permission, somebody that would do it, right? right. Looking for somebody to lead them. And I think that's what you do with what you do. You you lead people. I know when I sat with you, you start talking about health. And I'm like, I need to follow this man. Because <laughs> look at him and look at me. You know, people are looking for a leader, doctor. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Well, let me let me ask you a question, because there's some people listening to this that, that might not understand, you know, and there's people that listen here. I respect them either way that might not know who God is. They might have heard of him and all this. Why is the church essential? Oh, well, the church is essential. Most people don't understand this, but America, the church didn't build America. America, uh, or America didn't build the church. The church built America. There would be no America if it weren't for the church. So if you look to the framers of the Constitution, the guys that they talk about, the heroes of the Revolutionary War, let's talk about Washington. Uh, Jefferson, Adams, you you name it, Madison, Hancock, all, all of these guys. These are the guys you know that that framed and signed the documents. Independence Hall, Philadelphia. By the way, I'll be praying from there Monday night. For Independence Independence Hall. Uh, I, I will be uh, praying from there, uh, leading with pastors from across the nation because we're going to go back to where it, to where it all began from. Uh, making the foundations right. So we know these big names and in those guys' writings, they point to another group of heroes and the heroes they point to are the men that pastored them Mm. and the men that preached in their pulpits. And so there there's this list of pastors that thundered and preached against British tyranny for 20 years, right? Before, before anything happened. And they were stirring their congregations. We got to do something. We got to be free. We can't let it go on like this. And um, because they did that, these men acted. And so, so even the night Paul Revere rides back screaming, the British are coming. He's going to his pastor's house. Where wow. other, yeah, he's riding to his pastor's house where other framers of the Constitution are in hiding. And so these guys come out. And, and lead guys in the Revolutionary War, and they earned the name the Black Robe Regiment is what they called them. The Black Robe Regiment. The Black Robe Regiment. They, they would, they would, some of them would take off their black robes, call their men to battle. Some of them went out to the battlefield wearing their clerical robes. 
was a wow. dress of a minister during the day. So we have an America because the church fought for America, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was Christian men. The only way we're going to keep America is the church is going to have to fight for America. So whether you're Christian or not, you owe a gratitude to the church for bringing us this great nation. That's an excellent, excellent explanation. I've never heard it like that. So I commend you and thank you for that because I know it's uh, it's going to be enlightening for people. Now, when you started this, when you were one of the original voices that opened your mouth and spoke and stood up bold, and I know you're a bold guy and people can see that, how many churches were open and how many are open now? Yeah, the, the first week we said, let's go. We had, uh, I even forget the campaign. It was on peaceablygather.com. You could look at all the highlight, but it was like back to church Sunday. And that first week we hit somewhere around 150 churches said, we'll open up your doors. This is across the world, right? Across the U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll sign the petition. We'll open up the door. We'll go with you. As far as our group who came with us, there may be some we're unaware of, Right. But there were 150 of them, and uh, a lot of them were in states that governors had had them locked down. And we said, listen, that governor does not have that constitutional right. Stand up. We'll go for it. And we even had legal counsel that would help back their play. Um, Now, the second week, there was a thousand of them that came on. Right. It picked up steam. Fox News covered it. Huckabee covered it. OAN covered it. uh, Newsmax covered it. I mean, it was going everywhere. Second week, a thousand. The third week was uh, Pentecost Sunday, which was the, it's the last weekend in May. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Pentecost Sunday, 5,000 churches across the nation opened up. Wow. And a, a lot of those guys were California guys because they've been pushed against so hard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had partners out there. And so I'd say 2,000 of them were California guys that all came at once. And those guys are paying a they're paying a price for it right now. Mm-hmm. And we know they win in the end, but I've got friends in California looking at a year in jail, mm. opening their church, Cheon in Pasadena. Uh, you got guys like Pastor Rob McCoy in Ventura. I've been out there to back him. Uh, he, he's getting fined massive money. And I think he's looking at potential time. John mm. MacArthur, uh, who has a massive influence in the Baptist community, uh, MacArthur, I mean, they've done things like take his parking away, the city of L.A. That's the kind of stuff they do in communist countries, by the way. Right. If they can't get you legally head on, right, in a fair fight, they go around some back door and start pulling other things from you. I mean, I mean, these guys are looking at time, and, and I, thank God, I thank God for them. Uh, I think MacArthur said, I've been needing a vacation. I want a prison ministry. Uh, Cheon said, Cheon said, listen, I hadn't had a sabbatical in 30 years. Uh, I could use a nap, you know? So, um, we need, we need to pray for the entire, entire nation. And so at peaceably gather, that's what we do. We're, we're rallying pastors. We're helping them. Uh, we're trying to resource them with the best resources, be it legal. It's peaceablygather.com, uh, be it legal, be it constitutional, be it nutritional, be it uh, medical, guys that know the truth about COVID, be it, well, whatever it is, right? Uh, a lot of people are looking at different educational routes now because the education system's gotten weird, you know, with all yes, the yeah. So, so we got people teaching about, you know, here's a homeschool option for you. We're just trying to give people as many resources they have to stand during the time we have. 
Pastor Brian, have you yourself and your family suffered persecution? And however the definition that would be during this time? Uh, you know, I, I, I am careful the way I use persecution. Yeah, I, I want you to be careful. I don't want to use that word and belittle it at all. But, you know, the perception of the yeah. concept you said is true. It's a persecution. So yeah, it, yeah. it is. And, and, and I've ministered in the underground church in places where they'll kill you and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I've been through all that, but and watch guys go through it. But yes, we've been targeted, and uh, we have had 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 we've had perse- we've been persecuted. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been uh, I've been surrounded by Antifa. They threatened to kill me in Seattle. Um, I've had guys tell me they hope that I die and my family dies first. Uh, I've had people walk out of my church. I've had ministers that I used to be friends with that won't take my calls anymore. Um, that goes with the territory, right? And um, whenever I sign on for something like this, I know that everybody's not going to love it. And I'm just prepared for that. So I think that's part of life. If you're going to be the man of God and you're going to be uh, what I'll call is, is uh, it's a prophetic moment in America, right? If you're going to be a prophetic voice, you're going to have people that don't like you. That's yep. part of the deal. And so I've signed on for it. I prefer for people to like me, but I don't have to have them like me. I've got a dog at home that likes me regardless of what I do. And, uh, and, and I'm prepared. I'm, I'm prepared for any of that. Um, I I prefer to live a long life and a good life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I won't compromise for one. Do you feel like that this is, and I don't want you to reach with this, but just your opinion, because I'm thinking that this, process out loud. Do you feel like that the church maybe got complacent over the course of time and just maybe lost that awareness that the world is going to hate you? It's going to come against you. You're going to have this enemy coming at you constantly. Did we did we lose our way somewhere potentially in this? Absolutely. A hundred percent. We uh, We coddled the people and we created a church that was a cruise ship environment, right? Mm. You show up. What do you have at a cruise ship? You got great food. Great uh, entertainment. You got great entertainment, right? Uh, the atmosphere's nice. The music's nice. Everything feels good on there. That's that's why they could sell cruises. Uh, so we created a, a cruise ship deal when, when really what we needed to be preparing the people for was a battleship. Because the Bible didn't say we're in a cruise. The Bible says we're in a war. You read the book of Ephesians, right? There, yeah. There's 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 put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's it's all warfare type uh, imagery that goes again and again and again. And and so I think we the seeker sensitive movement did the church a great disservice. Yeah. And it's almost I mean, the devil set that up just like a guy would set up a pull shot in a game of nine ball. And, and, and it was it was systematic. Uh, we pulled a lot of the things of the spirit, the power out of the church on display in front of people. We made it easy. We toned down the hard messages and we created a weak Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a different hour now. I'm thankful that guys are waking up to that. And I know there are new voices emerging around America. Uh, it's a new hour. It's going to require a new voice. And, and I, I saw years ago, it was, it was, it was over, um, some rights issues around America, maybe 13 or 14. God spoke to me and said, um, 
that there'd be government persecution coming to the church in America. Mm. And a lot of the lampstands, you know, the book of Revelation calls the church a lampstand. First three chapters are amazing in the book of Revelation. And it talks about a church being a lampstand. So a lot of the lampstands that people have looked to for leadership and light will be put out because they can't stand in this hour. But God said he was going to raise up a new bunch of lampstands from New York to L.A., that would be full of the spirit of God, full of the power of God, and would say that what needed to be said and deal with real issues. And I think we're in the midst of that transition, right? There are lampstands going out. One out of five churches, they say, won't make it. Mm-hmm. And then new churches are coming up. Last I heard, churches in America are 37% open, right? Only wow. 37% of the churches in America are open on Sunday morning. And the attendance is around 30% pre-COVID attendance. So if you think about that, that's a great falling away, right? But I also believe that the stage is set. There are times, there'll be an ultimate time where God will separate the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the tares. So I think we're seeing a, a foreshadowing of that on the earth right now. And I think it will set the stage for revival. I love that. So, you know, I know your time is limited and I'm really grateful, but Pastor Brian, there's there's pastors out there, there's leaders out there right now that are hearing what you are saying. And they're saying, well, I, I just don't know if I can do this. I'm, I'm concerned about my family. I'm concerned about, you know, my livelihood, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What do you say to that, that, that man or woman out there, Pastor Brian? Man, I say if they're, if they're in Christian leadership, Open your church. God will provide. Listen, God has not given us a spirit of fear. In the original language, it says God has not given us the spirit of a coward, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so a lot of these guys aren't afraid of the government. That's not their issue. They're afraid of their people in their church. Because what goes or that one stays or this one gives the money. It's time for the men and women of God just to lead and to be who they're called to be. So, so my advice to you is, is lead no matter what the cost. And, and I promise you, it won't be perfect when you do what you're supposed to do, but everything will be possible. God's not going to leave you hanging. And I'm telling you, at the end of the day, even where we are in America, I have friends across the world that this is their experience every all the time, right? Yeah. In the church. Think about the church in China, the church in Iran, the church in uh, the Sudan, uh, the church in the, these these uh, North Korea. They live under this kind of stuff all the time, and God provides for them. And you know, some of them are martyred. But I'll tell you what, we serve the God of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So even if you strike us down, God will raise us up. And that's just got to be the mentality. This world's not our home. It never has been. Uh, it's not worth selling anything eternal for. So they need to lead, they need to open up their churches, and they need to play the man of God. Pastor Brian, talk about the website again. Say it one more time. We're going to put the link down here. And and um, how can people go to support um, what we're doing here together? Yes, sir. It's peaceablygather.com. It's hard to spell. It's P-E-A-C-E-A-B-L-Y, gather, G A. G-A-T-H-E-R.com, peaceablygather.com. And I want to let them know this, a big event coming up the night before this historic election. Man, we've got an election that's so massive, right? 
I mean, it, it could reshape America. We're talking about capitalism versus Marxism. We're talking about pro-life versus pro-death. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about the American way versus a, a, a very foreign way. Um, there's never been an election in my lifetime with as much as at stake. So we will be in Philadelphia. They could sign up at peaceablygather.com. There's a link on the Facebook page when the live will happen. And we'll be praying from that historic uh, place, Independence Hall. Really, if you look in the Old Testament, there was a king named Josiah. And Josiah found out how wicked Israel become, tore down all the altars, and then he found the book of the law. They'd lost the Bible, right? I mean, how do you lose the Bible? The temple was torn down. They'd lost the Bible. Josiah finds the Bible, and he makes sure it's read, and there's a returning back to the foundation. See, I believe America, I mean, I don't believe the Constitution is the Bible, but the principles came out of the Bible, right? So I, I want to go back as a prophetic act to that place where America began. And we'll be praying from there. And then pastors from New York to LA will be joining us, praying church leaders, mm -hmm. people come, come pray with us, peaceablygather.com or go to the Peaceably Gather Facebook page. We'd love to have you pray and just join us in a night of repentance, prayer and fasting. And let's believe God for America to turn around. Amen. And we'll, We'll make sure that you don't have trouble spelling it. So you can click on the link right down at the bottom. So I'll make sure it's there. Um, Pastor Brian, thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for um, coming on. Most of all, thank you for being my friend. It's a pleasure to know you. Um, from one warrior to another, man, let's keep fighting the good fight. And folks, I appreciate so much uh, you joining us today on the, the podcast. As I always ask you, Make sure you subscribe and find out what and who's coming next. Today is a good example of what we can do to be in complete health the way God wants us to be. We don't need to back down from anything. Perhaps that's the biggest thing that's holding us back, a cowardly spirit. So let's get rid of that cowardly spirit and repent and move forward and experience life the way we're supposed to experience. We'll see you next time on Healthcare's Missing Link. Bye for now.